Hey everyone, this is Ashley, producer of the Opstars podcast. Today we're bringing you a special episode featuring a live session recorded at Opstars 2023 in San Francisco. Enjoy. Thank you. Well, thank you everyone for joining our session, Collaboration Station, RevOps, and Enablement. I'm Linda Sue, Senior Product Marketing Manager at SalesLoft, and I'm thrilled to be joined by three amazing panelists and esteemed leaders in this space to talk about how do you drive tight alignment between enablement and operations teams? And what are some of those joint opportunities you should be capitalizing on within your teams? Now, before we dive in, I'm going to have each of the panelists introduce themselves quickly. Jenny, we can start with you. Hi, I'm Jenny Robertson. I work for NIQ. I started there about 18 months ago. Um, I'm their sales product uh, enablement manager. I uh, manage three of our main sales enablement tech stacks. One being sales loft, hint, hint. Um, and that's why I'm here. And uh, before that, I was with um, uh, Wells Fargo Bank for 20 years. So this has been a big change for me over the last 18 months. But at the end of the day, all the sellers and operations, they all have the same goal. Um, it's just different industry. And it's been really fun. Hello, Jamin Fochwin. I lead revenue enablement with sales loft. Um, I'm very lucky to have gotten to spend time in pretty much every go-to-market role before stumbling into enablement. And, and for me, that's been really helpful, sort of understanding how the different pieces fit together. Perfect. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Kelly Lewis. I'm the Vice President of Revenue Enablement at Highspot. Been there for about two years. Uh, similar to Jamin, I've spent a lot of time as a seller, sales manager, some time in RevOps, and now here in enablement. So excited to be on this panel. Okay, great. Let's dive right in. So let's start by hearing a bit about how enablement and operations collaborate at your organizations today. Jenny, what initiatives are you focused on right now? And how are you partnering across ops and enablement to bring those to life? That's a great question, Linda. We have um, several groups that roll up into our um, RevOps group. Um, our sales academy, who runs our programs of training our sales reps, whether they're onboarding or continual training, um, wanted to start uh, training our teams how to do the, have the best discovery call. Um, and they reached out to me a little bit later in the process, which is my point about this is always get us a little earlier and we can get a head start and, and provide some data but they wanted to do this. And I said, well, why don't we use sales off conversations? Sales off conversations allows us to record the conversation, allows us to track uh, keywords. Um, and one of those ways we also are looking to grow in our rev ops is understanding our competitive intelligence. So because of these discovery calls that were already starting to work, we were able to kill two birds with one stone and start getting data around what our customers or prospects were saying about our competitors. So one of the things that we brought to that table was there are other initiatives that could have some overlap. How do we do things and get this, get multiple benefits out of one? Um, and in addition to that, it also increased our user adoption for SalesLoft because they were like, oh, I didn't know I could do this. I didn't know that SalesLoft had this opportunity where I could really be engaged with a prospect and not have to take notes fervently and not pay attention. This can do it for me. I can use the word next steps and go right to those next steps. We also found that a lot of our um, prospects were talking about products that they wish we could do better at. We would send those snippets to our product team. So it's actually hearing from prospects other than just the sellers to say, hey, it's probably not great. 
or we need to do this. We actually had really, really great data from the from those customers saying that. So when they came to us, we had the um, vision with all the other groups and what projects they were working on and how we can combine together. And um, it really was very successful. We feel like we can be more successful next time in incorporating our managers and using the coaching function of Sales Loft and having making sure that they're listening to those discovery calls, giving that feedback to them, um, learning from them, and then also using it for additional training for some of their for some of their sellers. So um, again, it's being together, we're allowed to do more things with one initiative. And that's been really, really impactful. That is such an amazing project, Jenny. And I love how cross-functional it is and how important it is to bring in each different team. At the same time, I want to hone in a bit about what you said about bringing teams in more proactively, because as we all know, every team plays a critical part. But as with all partnerships, the lines get blurry really fast. And so, Jamin, what are best practices for determining the give and get between teams and ensuring seamless handoffs between enablement and operations? So how many people were at the keynote today? So you may have heard Jake talk about the truth is always in the field. And for us, that, that very much so rings true and it really drives how we delineate between roles and responsibilities, where when our sales operations team is looking to make material changes, enablement is getting really close to the people in the field, the different teams understanding how are things working and what are the true dynamics to then make the, the vision of, of RevOps a reality. Simultaneously, in, in, in we're all three enablers, like we need data to make so many of the programs and initiatives we're trying to drive a reality. And that's where RevOps has been so beneficial for us to connect to those two worlds together. And, and so you asked specifically about give gets, that alignment has really changed for us where we are, our success is mutually aligned. And, and on a regular basis, almost if not every day, at least once a week, we're aligning to make sure the major programs that both sides are trying to deliver are connected. And, and that's really clear for us. Like we're revamping a lot of our sales stages, our sales process. And, and that was critical because both teams needed accurate data. The problem was our data was built on different foundations. So now both teams are working in lockstep to deliver a common shared foundation. So now our data will be relevant for both sides. I love that, Jamin. And I love what you mentioned about it's the pairing of the qualitative and the quantitative, the voice from the field, the data that you're getting from your systems. And this next question, as you mentioned, the whole, you know, mutual success plan between the teams. I'm sure this next one is top of mind for quite a few of you. We have three months left of 2023. Kind of crazy to think about. But many of you might start thinking about 2024 already and planning. So, Kelly, how can enablement and operations align on 2024 business objectives and chart a plan together to achieve those goals? Absolutely. How many of you have started planning for next year already? That's what I figured. We're there, too. Uh, in the thick of it. 
So I think enablement plays a really interesting role when it comes to prioritization. And I don't know that all organizations are leveraging this really important skill set. Enablement really, in my view, sits between sales, marketing, and rev ops and can bring all three groups together as a neutral party to determine priorities and make sure that everyone's focused on the same North Star. And so one thing we do at High Spot is I get everyone in a room together and we put on a bunch of sticky notes, whether a virtual whiteboard or using a tool like Miro, and we say, okay, you all have a lot you want us to do from enablement. You all have a lot of behavior changes you want to do. You all have your own initiatives and thoughts. Put them all up on a board. So we put them up on a board and then we do this activity with all of the different teams to say, what do you think is the highest priority? And when we have everyone in a room, they all get to give their business case on where why their thing's the most important. And what we find is if we've aligned on the right business outcomes we're trying to drive, we can bucket those initiatives into alignment with the business outcomes and really quickly get to alignment as a group on, hey, let's go drive cross-sell. Hey, we need to do better at multi-threading. And then all of the teams are geared towards the same project. You're not getting that fatigue from your reps that we're changing too often or throwing too much at them because all teams are aligned on the same goals. So as you think about most of you, I know, are operations leaders. Some of you might have enablement ruling up to you today. Some of you might not. But my recommendation is to talk to your enablement leader and see how they can help you with that prioritization process as that neutral party to bring everyone together. Thank you for sharing that approach, Kelly. And I, I love the sticky note kind of exercise. I think it's it's fun. It gets everyone thinking and involved. Um, and Ginny, I know NIQ is a global company, right? And so when you're planning and looking at your vision for next year, while you have global goals, how do you ensure that you're also addressing local situations based on customer needs and market there? Um, well, once a month, I get up at 3.30 a.m. in the morning and talk to our APAC team. Um, and that's really fun. No, um, that's actually what I do. Uh, we have uh, several uh, team members in our regions that are um, what we call sales acceleration leaders. And they are th my uh, connection to what is happening in those regions, understanding what global initiatives that are going on, but then how are they taking that from a local perspective or what might not be working, what is different locally, for example, if we have a cadence that has all emails um, in Latin America, they do not typically respond to emails. So we need to make a change. And it's a change for that outcome that we're looking for based on where they are. So having that intelligence, that market intelligence is is vital in what how we execute our initiatives that we're doing. Um, and I have a 30,000 foot view. I sit in an office with my two dogs in Charlotte. So I have no idea what's happening a lot of times in these countries. So having those uh, network of people and meeting with them um, on a monthly basis is vital until for me to make to be the steward of the tools that we use. I need to make sure that I'm making the decisions that are not just for one person, but for the whole for the whole company. Um, and that's hard. That's called balanced. Um, that's so critical, Ginny. And it reminds me of what Jamin just said about voice from the field. It's also voice from stakeholders in different regions who might be dealing with different situations. And how do you make sure everyone is, you know, singing the same song when it comes to achieving those goals together? Um, so for this next question, I do want to survey the crowd here. Uh, 
please raise your hand if enablement and operations report to the same leader at your organization. Okay, this is really interesting. It's kind of half and half here. And we have seen an interesting shift in a lot of enablement teams starting to report into operations. And for operations professionals and leaders in the room here, I'm sure you're focused on how you can best leverage enablement to drive success at your organization. So, Jamin, question for you. How can operations unlock the power of enablement? So, and I think a lot of this is attributed to, to RevOps being elevated to align more closely with, with a CRO role. And when it comes to really unlocking the power of enablement, in, in former lives, when working with RevOps, it was sort of, okay, we have to make this change, just get it done. And really sitting down with enablement and understanding a day in the life of the roles in the field, how do we truly drive change? And, and for us, that meant documenting what it actually means to drive change. And, and it really was a massive unlock for us to look on the board and think through and help others who hadn't been in so many of those go-to-market seats understand what it really means to drive behavioral change. And I, I, I think it was really about just having both sides spend a day in the life in the shoes to know what it's like on the other side of the equation. So marrying those two worlds started to be an, a big unlock for us. I love that. Let's double click into that a little bit because we know, you know, the foundation of a strong partnership starts with strong relationships first. And with every team, you get different perspectives, personalities, experiences. And so, Kelly, what do operations leaders and professionals need to know about enablement to better work with them? So I'm actually going to agree with what Jamin said earlier. I think there's a lot about understanding each other's worlds and the strengths you each have as teams and how you can work together. Um, one stat we recently found is that when ops drives their behavior changes, process changes, tool stack, tool stack, tool stack adoption through their enablement team, they sometimes see a upwards of 64% higher adoption when they're running that through the enablement platform like a high spot and making sure that they're using an enablement framework to drive that initiative. So we tend to think, hey, behavior change is really easy or it's really hard, but it's, it's really hard. And the reason it's really hard is because behavior change doesn't happen overnight. You can't just tell a rep, hey, go do this thing. You need to equip them with the process and the resources you need to train them, and then you need to create a way for your managers to actually coach to that new behavior. And enablement are experts at making sure that all of those processes are followed. And then the partnership between enablement and operations comes in really key when you're analyzing those behaviors and saying, hey, is this working? Is this not working? We're all really looking at our investment, our ROI on the initiatives we're driving. And it's that partnership that can make sure, hey, did that initiative stick? Did it work? And did you get the adoption? And A, or was that initiative maybe not the right one? And we need to adapt to maybe our messaging wasn't right. Maybe the process doesn't work. But I think that partnership is really key in understanding where each, each other come from. Thank you for sharing, Kelly. And I think within all of our sessions today, we've seen this common theme of having a systematic approach and process 
leveraging data to then inform and improve upon it to drive consistency, because that's what everyone's trying to achieve, that consistency and process of revenue predictability, especially when, you know, you have a bit more of a tumultuous market that you're in. Um, and we all know that it's the critical partnership between enablement and operations that brings this to life. And it shouldn't just be during that initial roadmap planning phase. It shouldn't just be part of one initiative, part of one project. It needs to continue throughout. And so this question is for each of you. How do you drive that continuous feedback loop between operations and enablement? Ginny, we can start with you and then go down the line. Uh, that's a great question. I spend so much time with our sellers um, and becoming that steward for them as we then meet with our operations and RevOps. So I spend a lot of time on a monthly basis with monthly office hours by region. Again, another 3.30 a.m. wake up call for me. Uh, we get up, we have monthly topical. Um, so you don't just come and just kind of sit on the phone and like, you, you know, we actually have monthly topics that we talk about that's uh, that it is um, current and valuable, um, how the tool that they're using or adopting um, works with the initiative that may, might be happening globally. Uh, we'll have uh, the guest speakers come on the phone. So they have a place to call in and ask questions. Also, they have a place that they can hear from their colleagues. I don't use these tools. I don't use SalesLoft. It's probably controversial, but I don't. I do have 1,200 users that use it, and they can leverage it from each other. And um, that's what we really tried to align with those and, and learn from each other. And then we take those feedbacks, bring that back to our, our RevOps monthly meeting, um, and let people what we're hearing and what we're hearing in the field, what's working, um, what they feel that we could, they could use more on, or, or they could be overwhelmed. This is too much. We need to, you know, take a step back. And so we really have that feedback loop going forward. And at the end of the day, we just listen. That is one of the best uh, uses of our monthly office hours is because they have a lot to say <laughs> um, and they have a safe place to say it. That's always, I always open my call with, this is a safe place. You can say anything. You can learn anything. No, if you can't remember what your password is, it's okay. This is a safe place. Um, and because of that, we get a lot of open feedback. I love that. So for us, specifically when it comes to feedback loops between RevOps and enablement, it starts at the same point. So for us, we, we try to start with the same data from whether it's specific SKUs across a specific segment or region, and then enablement is spending a lot of time trying to identify anomalies in that data. By utilizing and, and honing in on anomalies, we then go back to RevOps and try to better understand, do we want more or less of this based on where we're trending in either our forecast or company goals. That is then directly informing where we spend our time and what we build next. And for us, that's a regular occurring of whether it's monthly or quarterly based on our programs and initiatives, how does it all connect back to top line numbers, forecasting and trends? But it's, it's really driven foundationally by RevOps. I love that. We actually uh, just launched what we call our Global Revenue Advisory Board. And this is an elevated opportunity for reps that not only are hitting their number and their quota, but are also very engaged, meaning they participate in enablement, uh, they use our, our different tools, and they have a strong voice. And they're nominated by their peers. 
And so we just had this actually about six weeks ago when we brought them all in to the office and they had FaceTime with our executives. And those executives came in not to talk, but to listen. And they came in with questions where they heard from all of the reps. What are you hearing? What are you thinking? What are you struggling with? And um, one of the things we were most surprised by is we thought they were going to have some really big challenges. And it turns out a lot of the challenges are really easy, quick fixes, which is great news for us because we can go act on those right away. The other thing we learned really quickly is the feedback we're getting from our frontline is very different than the feedback we're getting from our frontline managers and our next line managers. And so it was this aha moment of we've got to spend more time with the frontline to really learn what they're thinking and hearing. And then for these reps, it was we actually had one rep say it was the uh, best day of their career because for the first time they really felt heard and they felt like they were you know, making an impact on the business and driving where we're going. So if you don't have a revenue advisory board, highly recommend uh, adding one. I can't believe it took us so long to create it, but it's been hugely impactful and we're going to continue to run them quarterly from here on out. Thank you all for sharing. Um, And that concludes our session here today. Thank you all for joining us today. We hope you had a wonderful day at OpStars. Took some takeaways that you can take to your team, some best practices, approaches to test out and try. And we hope you have a wonderful time at the happy hour. Enjoy. The Opstars podcast is brought to you by Lean Data. To find out more about us and our suite of Salesforce native products for marketing, sales, and revenue operations, head to leandata.com. And then make sure to search for Opstars in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, or anywhere else that podcasts are found. Make sure to click subscribe so you don't miss on any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Opstars and Lean Data, thanks for listening.